Hi, dearest lovely. Welcome back to another episode of the Dear Lovely Universe podcast. In this episode, I sit down with Dr. Justin Trosclair, who has been creating a difference in people's lives since 2007. He spent seven years in private practice in Denver, Colorado, and five years in Yunnan Province, China, working as a foreign expert chiropractor in a hospital setting. He currently lives in Cologne, Germany, doing chiropractic. He is the host of A Doctor's Perspective podcast, with more than 200 episodes under his belt, and has authored several books, and one that reached number one on Amazon. This episode is for you if you would like to hear a doctor's journey to success, want to learn how to have better health, or would love to listen to things from a doctor's perspective that may be beneficial to you. In this episode with Dr. Trosclair, we discuss what inspired him to begin his podcast and the mission behind it, the importance of falling in love with the journey and not just focusing on the destination, his advice for people on what they can do to improve themselves physically, his advice and story about moving to another country, a patient that touched his heart and why, and more. So I'm here today with Dr. Trosclair from A Doctor's Perspective podcast. I'm very thankful actually because he is in the early waking morning of his hours and taking his time to come on to the Dear Loveliness podcast. So thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Trosclair. No problem. It's going to be a good episode. I can feel it and uh, enjoy these. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. So can you share with listeners a little bit about your background and about yourself? Sure. Let's mean that this isn't even a doctor's podcast at all. Uh, when I was probably, I don't know, 18 or so, we were, I was visiting the chiropractor for uh, some headaches from studying a lot, and I figured out finally what was causing my headaches. And uh, I really enjoyed what they were doing. And then at that age, you know, you're trying to figure out what I want to do in college. I thought I'd be like a, an eye doctor or a dentist or something like that. And then um, – you know, you start getting better and there's no medicine, there's no drugs and there's no, you know, like surgeries and people are getting better of all kinds of different things. And I was like, that's really cool. It sounds like something I could do. And you start calculating, what am I paying? And you start seeing a waiting room and you're like, you know, I think I can make a living doing this too. That's kind of cool. So everybody has their own reasons for doing a certain job. Some people have like a miracle story, but for me, it was just kind of like a logical decision i think i can do it i think it'd be fun people get better and you can make a living wonderful um so anyway so i went on i went on that pursuit and just never stopped college and then when i graduated from uh lsu and uh, texas chiropractic went to houston not to houston i went to uh, denver and had my own clinic you know i'm 25 i don't know what i'm doing as far as business ownership but i'm like all right you know i got a, i got a clinic now let's make it work and then you know you're like, whoa, people don't just show up. <laughs> as you know, as a chiropractor, you know, sometimes as physical therapists, you have your own, they say, put your shingle out there and people don't just come knocking on your doors. Like, oh my gosh, I got to advertise. I've got to learn how to do the whole business aspect, not just get people better, you know? So that was a journey for about six or seven years. I ended up selling my clinic. Um, you know, I was in Colorado, but my family was in Louisiana, started getting homesick. 
not really wanting to be there anymore. Mm. And what's funny part is though, once I realized like the world is open to chiropractic, I was like, you know, I haven't really taken vacation. You know, some people do like that, that one year in between high school and college or maybe outside of college to go travel the world or backpack Europe. And uh, I never done any of that. And, you know, you, you have your own clinic. You don't really get to take as much vacation, you know, whether it's if I don't, if I'm not at work, I don't make any money and I got to spend money on vacation. So it's really hard to take away for like a week or two to do anything. So anyway, so I was getting, you know, they called that burnout a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I can go anywhere. So I'm looking around for places that I don't have to like retake boards. So when you're in school and you got to take these very important national tests to be able to practice, you know, all this information. After about seven or eight years, you forget how the kidney exactly works because you don't deal with that every day. You know, it's like, what? Uh, so anyway, so there's a few countries that it doesn't really matter. China, of all places, is one of these that they're like, hey, you're a doctor. You're a doctor. Just prove us that you, you graduated correctly and that you aren't a criminal or whatever, and we'll let you on. We'll let mm -hmm. you come back, and, and you can practice here. And so that's what I, I found a job in a small town in uh, China, actually, at a hospital. And it's near Thailand. It's called the Yunnan province. I went and worked there for five years. And um, it was really quite the experience, cultural shock to start with. And then eventually you start to learn everything. And um, felt like I got pretty good at the, the business dinner type of situation. And while I was there, I created the podcast because I didn't speak Chinese. And you kind of get lonely a little bit. And I enjoyed the process of interviewing a patient like what's wrong with you asking the right questions you know for a while I was single so I did a lot of like online dating you know that kind of stuff so you got that first date oh what about you what about you so you get really you know you start missing these types of questions and these these interactions so I started the podcast interviewing other doctors while I was there and uh, had free time so I wrote some books while I was there and then eventually you know you get tired of living in a place where your communication is hard and things change at your work and things like that. So now I'm in Germany uh, working here and plan to be here for a few years and then we'll see what happens. So that's, uh, I guess, Justin in a nutshell, uh, professionally uh, for your for your audience. Hopefully they're still there. That is so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. I just, I'm so fascinated that you, just like that, went out of the country and now you're in Germany. And where you where were you raised, if you don't mind me asking? South Louisiana. Oh, so in the U.S. Of course, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was I was a, a Cajun boy. I'm still a Cajun boy, eating jambalaya and gumbo and bread pudding and things like that. Wow, that sounds like it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, you know, the person who bought my clinic, and I've said this before. She was went she went to like Dubai or something like that and had to wear, you know, the head covering and all of that because that's just how it had to be there. And she's like, I'm not Muslim or anything. So, you know, for somebody to say, you know, I can do that for a job, for an experience. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, man, if she can do that, you know, and I can do that. Everybody does that. You know, I'm not saying like, you know, girl versus guy or anything like that. But for some women, they're like, hey, you know what, to go somewhere's do I feel safe? You know, there's those extra precautions that, that you know, a, a female typically has to consider before just go backpack across Europe by themselves, you know? And they, 
a lot of people do it all the time. But for me, I'm always like, oh, that sounds, that sounds so scary. I don't know. Um, so when I was, I think about six months of emails back and forth, you know, I was like, um, should I, can I, I've got a tattoo on my leg. Is that a problem? It's like a cross. I was like, am I going to like go to, you know, your stories? And the recruiter was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I don't know. I was like, it's a communist country. I was like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this place. And he's like, you watch too many movies. It's fine. Everything's great. Just come. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? There's a billion people. If worst case scenario, I hate it. I can just buy a plane ticket a couple weeks away and disappear one weekend and just, just disappear. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, just never go back. So that was sort of my backup plan, like if things didn't go well and things went, things went okay. You know, you learn how to interact and, you know, when you're there, people are excited that you're there. It wasn't, you know, you inconveniencing them. It was a, it was a guest. I was a guest. I was an honorable guest and they were super excited to have me there. So there was, you know, that, what do you need, Justin? Okay. You need another blanket. Let's go help you find another blanket. <laughs> you know, or something like that at the, at the apartment. And there's lots of changes. You know, you show up and you thought you were going to have this type of work environment and that's different. Or three months later, they change the schedule on you right when you're starting to get comfortable. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of changes in my life at that point. So it was, it was a little stressful, you know, you start to learn to be content. And that was a, something that I had learned in Colorado in there those last two years about contentment, being okay with where you are, but still having goals. Um, and for some people, I think that's a difficult scenario. You know, like, but I want this, this whatever goal that is. I want to be independent. I want to be financially free. I want to travel the world or travel America. And then you can't for whatever reason. And so we can get caught up and I'm not good enough. You know, all these like negative emotions and when will this ever happen? And you get depressed. But I just found myself saying, you know what, this is where I'm at. And I'm being content and just enjoying where I am. Like, okay, I'm in Colorado. Maybe I don't really want to be here, but I still have lots of friends. I still have a lot of business associates that I can hang out with and talk with. And then when I was in China, it's like, hey, you're here. Enjoy that dinner you don't really want to go to tonight with all these people. Enjoy that. You know, uh, buses, long bus rides aren't that fun. You know, three hour bus ride and it's hot, like 40, um, 99 degrees outside and the bus doesn't really have good air conditioning. That's hot. It's uncomfortable. Okay. But the destination is going to be great. You're going to be at a lake <laughs> and you get there and you're like, oh, the lake's not that great, but it's okay. Cause I can kayak around the little island in the middle. Yeah, that's fun. So just trying to change your mentality. So you're not like a negative person. And that really helps. I think it helped me. Totally stay in the moment and not be like sad that I don't have enough people to talk to or whatever. So there was, there's always this gives and take. I love that. I'm so happy you brought that up. It's actually something that I had been contemplating these last few days of the idea of contentment and being happy with where you are. And I have talked about it a little bit in the past on the podcast, but I had this like realization actually today about how personally I want when I was younger I wanted to be older so fast like I just wanted like when I was like I don't know eight I wanted to be 15 or 20 you know and now that I'm almost 20 I'm like man time went by so fast and the thing is like 
the journey path it's not about necessarily i feel like getting to the journey or like the destination but it's actually literally the journey that is the most fun and you just gotta embrace it and have like it's so cliche but like really fall in love with the journey yes that's that's a big ah it's such a if you can grasp that if somebody can grasp that and and keep remembering to do that it's so fun because it doesn't really matter where you are. You're going to have bad days, of course. Are you just upset at a situation? But then you just can change your perspective and just like, okay, this is cool. I'm in a small apartment. Okay, that's all right for now. I'm 20. Exactly. <laughs> Not everybody's going to come up with the next best thing and, and get rich and live the dream that they want at 20 years old. Most of us are having to really focus on, you know, that delayed gratification of I'm in school, I'm studying. Maybe I'm in a couple of classes that are stupid for my major, but they force you to take them. <laughs> but I got to get through it and I'm going to learn something fun out of this class. I know it. Um, exactly. Yeah. I love how it seems that you look on the bright side of things, that there's always a, a positive to any negative. Yeah. You, you know, I, this, this year, especially with the way this 2020 has been, I find myself looking at too much social media and seeing what's going on, whether it's political or virus related. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, ah, you know what? I need to add some different reporters and things like that in my feed so that I get a different perspective on things and follow other stuff that's really positive and encouraging. So like something weird, like on Instagram, I follow a bunch of like beautiful picture uh, world places so destinations of cities and landscapes so it's really fun you just like oh that's so beautiful where is that peru oh okay i didn't realize peru could be that beautiful or else mm-hmm. there's a turtle floating in the ocean i'm like oh that makes me happy for a minute i don't know <laughs> yeah it's those little things you know just gonna get you snaps you out of whatever you're reading and uh get you back on track you know what i love to see on on social media um like little clips of dogs and cats doing really funny things. It just cracks <laughs> me up. <laughs> People have a lot of time on their hands, don't they? Yeah. I wish I could be a GIF maker. I don't know how they do it. Like make memes or something, but like, you know, those animated GIFs. I'm like, how do you do that? That is so fun. I don't have the time or the desire to really make them. But at the same time, I think, ah, you know what? I appreciate that. And I'm glad someone is doing it because they're great. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. The things on Instagram and Facebook and really every social media there's some gems out there mm-hmm. sure so you know we mentioned that you have a podcast can you talk a little bit about the mission behind it and what it is yeah sure so I'll take it back just a little I got really into listening to podcasts doctor podcast chiropractic PT whatever and a lot of them are only about 20 minutes and in 20 minutes, they're kind of just hitting the highlights of like, what do you do that's successful? What kind of, I don't know, what's your top marketing tip? You know, something like that. And there are a lot of people, you know, oh, I make all this money or I'll have this, this many clinics and this, this was really working well. And then, you know, in, in 2016, I had a divorce and that was a pretty low point, but bounce back, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, you, you could ask more questions about that. Like, what was going on? Why did, you know, why did the divorce happen perhaps? You know, what was going on? Or just did dive deeper into the marketing strategy, okay? Um, what are you doing internally to create referrals? 
Why are people so happy that they're telling their friends? What are you doing for that? Is that a accident or are you doing something very, very particular? And I always felt like they didn't really dive deep enough in some episodes and certain guests and things. I said, you know what? I can do this. And I was talking to my best friend and I was like, hey, he's like, dude, you'd be great at it. He's like, what's your problem? I was like, well, I got to learn how to do, you know, a WordPress and how to host and like audio and editing. And, you know, there's so many things going into like an interview based podcast. You obviously aware of this. And um, he's like, you need me to buy you the microphone? I was like, come on, man. He's like, no, man, you want me to buy you the microphone? He's like, I, I don't want to hear any more excuses. Like, fine, fine, dude, I'll do it. So, <laughs> so I, uh, I found what I needed. This is definitely not, this is like my backup microphone. I've debated on getting one of these like Blue Yetis or, uh, you know, one of those. Because the, the microphone I use personally for my, my, my podcast is a, it's a handheld and it's amazing. And I don't have to deal with any technology. The only issue is it doesn't plug into your computer to record. So I had to find another one. So, you know, there's always these little technical things. But anyway, yeah. so, uh, you know, I learned all the WordPress. I knew WordPress anyway because of my clinic website, but this was different. I had to build from scratch, which I had never done before. I'd always had, you know, I paid somebody to build and then I would just add two blogs and change a few things. So this was a new experience, where to host and all. The, anyway, so I enjoyed all that. So. Once that happened, I started calling guests, finding people to, to, to recruit. And I said, you know what, I want an hour long. So a long format, I'm not Tim Ferriss, but a lot of big podcasts were longer than 20 minutes. So I was like, okay, I'll be open to the idea of diving in. So I was like, if a guest says something interesting in their answer, I might make a note and we'll dive into that instead of saying, okay, wait, we don't have time for that cool little thing that you said, you know, but Anyway, so I was like, okay, let me, let me dive into that. I can ask about personal questions about the divorce situation. We're married. Let's stay married. We married you for a reason. <laughs> you know, somebody jumped in thinking, ah, this probably will last six years. And then I'll just split 50-50 down the middle. That sounds great. No, nobody, nobody goes in with that. So I always ask questions about that. It makes the person more relatable, I think. And, you know, if you are having the stress of, my clinic's not as successful as I wanted. Marketing's not working as well. I'm having stress at home because of that. Or one month is great, the next month is not great. And it's just this constant roller coaster. Okay, let's ask about these questions so that others, someone else is struggling, they can learn something. And so those are sort of the, the reasons. And then also was like, don't just do chiropractic, Justin. You can learn something from a podiatrist, an eye doctor, a dentist, anybody. And you can just whatever they are, you can just think about it and implement it into your own clinic. So a dentist is really good at one thing. Hey, think about that, convert it over to physical therapy. And now your physical therapy clinic can do what they're doing and be successful in that as well. So ultimately my goal after doing these for a while was to try to get sponsors, you know, and make some money, kind of reimburse myself for the time involved in all this. But I found out like you should write niche down. So if you're a chiropractor, maybe you should be a chiropractic podcast so that chiropractic companies and products would be like, hey, you got a big audience. We would love to approach somebody about this cool new code laser. <laughs> you know? Um, mm -hmm. So when you don't niche down, it's a little bit more difficult because you have to find products that are more global to uh, all doctors or patients or like a vitamin line or something like that. And then ultimately, I would like to take all this knowledge that I've gathered from all these different people and use it to give speeches or 
coaching, you know, private coaching. So if somebody has issues in their clinic, you know, they start somebody and then like two visits as a chiropractor, as a physical therapist, we see patients more than two times, right? So if they disappear in two or three visits and you're like, well, I recommended six or eight, you know, you got this sciatica, you're numb, your leg is numb when you stand up for more than 20 minutes. That doesn't just get better in two visits. And if they're disappearing in two, why? What is happening? And so I was like, you know what? I've got the experience. We can help people. And so ultimately, all of that to say, I was doing the podcast for my own personal outlet, for fun, for enjoyment, to learn, and ultimately position myself as a better expert later so that I can convert that into, you know, maybe like a side hustle or on the weekends, go and travel and uh, be on stage a little bit. Uh, not necessarily for like an ego, but because there's this deep desire to ask the right questions and to deliver, you know, if I can help somebody else skip some of the heartache or some of the troubles and to just grow. Like to me, that's like a really awesome thing. Um, and not everybody is able to do that. You know, they don't have the desire, you know, like I hate stage fright. I got stage fright. I don't really care. I was always the guy that was like, uh, teacher, <laughs> question. Uh, don't laugh at me, uh, but I don't really understand this simple concept that you, everybody else seems to understand. And it uh, turns out, you know, mm, no, maybe 30% of the class didn't understand it either, but nobody wanted to raise their hand and ask. So that's, I've always been that kind of person, you know, asking. The yeah. Uh, that is so cool. awesome. And I actually can relate a lot to it. I love how you really went into depth about starting it kind of for fun and then going, having it like business um, sort of ideology behind it and um, stuff like that. And I really do, I agree with the niche, the niche point that is a very good point to bring up because companies are specific you know, specific, like, mm -hmm. um, just to give an example, like if a culinary company is, wants to hire someone, they're going to want to hire someone who is like a culinary show, you know, it's just imagine that kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might be organic as you can get, but if you're not talking about anything organic, <laughs> you know, food or nutrition related, like, I don't understand why I want to be on there. Cause you like organic food. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah. Unless you have huge numbers, then they don't care. You know? yeah. Oh, you get a million downloads a month. Yes, yes. Whatever you are, we will, let's put it on your show. You're amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. But I'm so happy that you're on the page of helping people and coaching and talking and building something from this platform that, um, you know, it really does take a long time to progress. And, um, you know, I really like what you said about using your knowledge to like coach people and talk because I really like believe that like the conversations that I've had with people through this podcast has honestly been so valuable and I've learned so much. It's worth probably more than a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, and I know you have like quite a few episodes. How many episodes do you have? Over 210. 
Wow. So, that is so congrats to you. <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> I just finished recording 160th interview. And then wow. about a, I think a year ago, I started doing these like mini-sodes where I'll listen to a show. And you know, sometimes you listen to a show and you're like, oh man, where's my ink pen or my OneNote or Evernote? And you want to make notes about it. I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't go back and listen to all the stuff that I listened to in the past that like changed me and shaped some things that I do. I was like, but today I can start. And so I started summarizing those in like these 10 minute, um, these 10 minutes, mini shows I call them. And so I have uh, 61 of those. So that's how I have 210 episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are so fun because you could just take anything and then boom, you know, like I did a, the latest one was a thousand thousand dollar challenge, like how to either cut expenses or sell things or whatever to in 90 days get a thousand bucks so that you can invest in it into the stock market and stuff like that. I was like, this was exciting for me. I, I really enjoy that. I mean, obviously I've mentioned money multiple times in this interview and not everything's about money. I'm not that person, but um, you know, in the, at the end of the day, you do need to, it is nice to monetize things if you're going to spend lots of your free time on it, if you're able to, oh, like definitely. a painter, if you, if you went to a painter and was like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you 400 bucks for that painting. Oh, but no, no, no. This is just for me. No, no, no. I really want to pay you 400 bucks because I think that's amazing. Most people will be like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll take you $400. You know? <laughs> I'm not just going to mm -hmm. leave it in my house. Like I painted it, but I can do that again if I need to. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree that if someone is going to spend their, their time doing something, they should be compensated for it. And if they're not... It, I mean, there could be very logical reasons, but it also could be, you know, some, they're holding themselves back a little bit. You know, you mentioned a comment. It's funny. You said, I've got at least a thousand dollars worth of good information. And I kind of laugh at that because a lot of doctors and stuff like that, if you hire a coach, you could spend a thousand dollars a month easy. Like mm -hmm. Some might be just four or five or 600 a month, but you could easily spend 10,000 a year, like some of these um, inner circle. Have you heard of that word before, inner circle? No, I haven't. So there's, you gotta be really careful because everybody will take your money. But there's some of these business coaches. I'll teach you how to be the next Instagram influencer. I'll show you how to be the next digital marketer goddess. And you're gonna get all these people to give you money every month to grow their business. And they'll charge you 1200 a month plus ad spend or it's 399 for the course or whatever. And so you spend the 399, you learn what you're supposed to learn. And they always throw in this little bait out. If you need personal coaching with me, one-on-one, -on -one, the guy who knows everything, who sold millions of dollars worth of stuff, you, I can, I'll coach you. And, it, and instead of it being like a monthly fee, they're like, it's 25,000 for the year. And you get to be around 20 other handpicked people just like yourself and you have to qualify you have to have a certain amount of revenue and sales and all this stuff to qualify for this and then you can really grow and 10x your business because everybody here is where you are i mean you don't really want to you know hang out with people who've only made five sales you make five thousand sales a week so you want to be around people that make at least five thousand maybe twenty thousand sales a week so that you can grow with them so like I said, there's all these people that try to do that. And then sometimes you realize uh, really what they're good at is selling courses, not actually selling the thing. 
You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And some of these people are very excited. Sell the thing that sells the thing. And I'm like, ah, you know, sometimes that just makes me a little pet peeve angry because if you actually didn't do a lot of the selling and didn't actually make your money doing what it is that you're trying to sell and teach someone, to me, that's frustrating because you, you learned a thing, but did you really implement it enough to sell it? Or did you just do it enough to get a couple of screenshots and then you're like, I just make a course now. It's $2.99. I advertise it really well. And so everybody buys it because everybody wants to be a social media uh, manager for somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hope everybody understands so many, what I'm saying. There's so many fake, and I'm just going to say fake. There's a lot of fake people out there who are trying to be coaches, teachers, and like, sell courses and you know stuff like that and well i'm sure that they have like some people have like some valuable information i think it's like pretty obvious when like some people are like trying to rip people off like they just exude that vibe but to the people who you know there are people who like are very persuaded easily, but the people that can kind of see through it, like they can see through it. Well, they say they've got those YouTube videos. If you, and here's the thing, I'm not a hundred percent your audience, but if they were to be uh, Googling or in, interacting with advertising agencies, uh, web pages and things like that, you know, it starts showing up on all your YouTube videos and you'll see somebody with a Ferrari in the background or they're counting the cash as money and they're always trying to sell you they get this beautiful house in Beverly Hills, you know, big fountain with three cars. They rent that stuff. A lot of these people, they, it's hard to figure it out, but they rent it. It's not theirs. They didn't actually earn all of that. They're just like you and me, oh, trying to figure out what we're doing and and just kind of maybe starting out or maybe a little bit before we are. Uh, there's an there's a, a interesting phrase someone said once, you don't have to know everything that you're doing. You just need to find people that are below you and you need to be ahead of them. Hmm. So I can podcast. You've learned how to podcast. So really, if we would have documented everything we did, how to start a web page, how do you figure out microphones, how do you do the editing, and you package that all together, you could sell a course, whatever you want. One ninety nine. Learn how to podcast. I'll, t- I'll hold your hand from A to Z so that you can start your podcast and submit it to Apple and uh, Spotify, so that you can be on everything, right? Like how many pod- how many yeah. how many uh, programs are out there to teach you how to set up a podcast? All of this information is for free mm-hmm. through Google, through other podcasts that talk about podcasting. Like there's actually podcasts talking about podcasting. There's tons of those. That's how I learned how to do Audacity, the uh, software to edit. That's what I Audacity. Use. It's open source. It's free. I was like, that's nice because I was trying not to spend, what, 600 bucks on some kind of program and didn't even know if I actually wanted to do it more than a couple of weeks at the start with, you know? And uh, yeah, so there's all these courses out there now. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not worth a $99 course. There's some courses that are 40 on like Udemy.com teach you the same thing for maybe 15 bucks, 40 bucks. Or you could spend 5.99 from some guru and then afterwards you're like, "Whoa, that was that was more than I should have spent to learn this thing." So yeah. I'm kind of going all over the place. I kind of apologize for you. Um just 
covering a lot of a lot of angles uh, <laughs> this morning. Yeah, no, I t I definitely hear where you're coming from, and you know, let's just to the listener. buyer beware. Yeah, buyer beware to the listener. Google it first. If you can't figure out the answer for some reason, you can text or email Justin or I, and we'll try to figure it out. And if mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> So some people have more time than or some people have more money than time. Mm -hmm. And so for those people, they're like, no, I'd much rather just watch a four hour video and I'm done with it versus probably what we had to do. And we had more time. So we just figured it out. So there's definitely those people out there, too, that are like, hey, I don't want to figure it out. I just want to be told what to do. And I want to spend that money. That's fine, too. Mm -hmm. No, you can finish. No, I'm done. That was it. OK, when I started podcasting um i did i had done research but i really just like started and kept going along the way like the way i got into online the online space in general was really just learning along the way and so you know when people i hear are like i i'm just not gonna start because i don't know what to do like to me like that's just i've actually been listening to this book called like the magic of thinking big. I think that's what it's called, but I'll link it in the description. And um, there he talks about something called excusitis. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's the disease, the failure disease and excuses. And there's all kinds of excuses. And yeah, so I think that not starting because you don't feel like you know how to do everything is an excuse. And there's, all, there's, there's many different kinds of excuses since we're on this topic. There's the um, I'm too young excuse, I'm too old excuse, my health isn't good enough excuse, you know. Imposter syndrome, who am I to tell you what to do? What do I know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, that Those one. Huge, huge. And I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I, I like I, my biggest gremlin, like the biggest voice in my head that holds me back personally is one is feeling like I'm not good enough. And, and that is something that is just very personal to me. And it has to do a lot with like the way I was like grown up and raised, but everyone, everyone has a little gremlin in their head no matter no matter who they are and it could be to varying degrees but the difference between the people who do and the people who don't is that the people who do overcome those fears and yeah action action is what will take you to overcome those fears and lastly i truly believe that confidence confidence is a hundred percent earned and built no no one was born confident you know what I mean? No one was born confident. In fact, when I was younger, I was not very confident. So, you know, and, and I could confidently say that when I first started podcasting, I was actually nervous to reach out to people that I felt like were better than me and more mm -hmm. experienced because I'm like, who am I? Like, I just have this little podcast of like no big guests. Like, who am I going to interview like who would be interested you know what I mean Indeed. and and then I hired an assistant and she actually reached out to some of the bigger name people 
that and they actually wanted to collaborate and I'm like oh my god like this is she had more belief in me at first than I had in myself which was so amazing and I feel like that's what friends are for Mm -hmm. you know I did a podcast a mini-sode I don't remember which one it was it's in within the last like six okay whoever's listening and that book you were talking about it wasn't that book directly but it was the excuses thing and that was huge it's if we knew, because this is some things that I was reading, if we knew how much effort it took before we endeavored into something, most people wouldn't do it again because it took way more time, way more energy. It was more difficult and all of this stuff. But you do it because you don't know when you're passionate. So you follow that passion and there is there's that, okay, what's the worst, ca- you know, future casting, like what's the worst that could happen and then bringing it back. Like, okay, if, these is, if this is the worst that can happen, okay, what can you do to mitigate that before it happens? So you can kind of have a plan, but to go back to your point, but you still got to execute. You've got to actually pull the trigger and start and embrace the suck. You are going to suck at it at first. I'm sure if you listen to episode one and two of your podcast, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Even, even as this, have I been interviewed on a, on a, a dozen podcasts? Sure. But when this reverse like this, I still listen to it. I'm like, why didn't you say this? Why didn't you say that? I'm on video. I wish I had a better light. Um, most of my podcasts are not video. And so <laughs> and at this new house where I'm at, I'm not set up like I was in China to, to do have everything. Like, you know, uh, I use Skype a lot. I've got this cool background that's digital that has all the books. I've written three books and a kid series. So all that stuff's in the background looks really cool. What I have now, boring white background. <laughs> I don't want you to see the other half of the room. <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a mess. And this is what stops the echo. <laughs> you know? So it's just, you know, you just got to get out your own way sometimes and just pull the trigger and be not good at it for a while and just understand that that's the way it is. But that's why you don't invite the best guests the first 20 episodes, perhaps. Just get your feet wet. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Definitely. I, I 100% agree that you are going to suck in the beginning, like, and embrace the suck. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Like, seriously, like, give yourself grace. No one is, no one's perfect in the beginning, ever, mm-hmm. ever. But what's important is starting, because if you never start, then you'll never know how far you can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we touched on this in our pre-interview and I wanted to bring it up again. And um, so that is being grateful. And I wanted to know, do you think it's important for people to be grateful? Yeah. Do you have any aspect in particular? No, just in general. Yeah, I mean... You've been given what you, you know, you've been getting certain beliefs, I think, from God and, and you've got certain talents. And I think sometimes you need to find that and that may require, like you said, um, trying new things, trying different things, things you may not think you're good at or, or whatever, and see if you have a little bit of talent there and then develop it. And you may not think it's anything great, but you could be grateful that you're, you have that gift and you may not realize it now, but maybe in five or 10 years, which does go by quick, that could become something. 
And if you never appreciated it, you're never grateful for that, you may never think to do anything with it. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example, but um, like if you're good at art, you may not appreciate that you can actually draw something. Like, uh, I got a kid, she's only two years old. She's starting to like make draw little swirls and lines and things on a piece of paper. It's nothing that needs to go on a fridge. You know what I mean? But she'll, <laughs> but then I, I had the paper and I'm like, okay, let me draw this. Uh, uh, you know, she has like, these books. Okay, here's the giraffe. Uh, here's Mickey Mouse. Here's Donald Duck. Here's whoever. 90 seconds, I got it drawn out really fast. A rhinoceros, whatever. And my wife looks at that and is like, you drew that? I was like, yeah, it's not good. It's just a sketch. She's like, no, 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 I can't do that at all. I was like, ah, surely you can do this. I'm like, oh, okay, no, you can't. All right, so you cannot do that. <laughs> this is not proportionate. I don't know what you're drawing. She's like, I know, you have a gift. Be I know, so I'm grateful that I have, because when I was younger, I did try to draw and all this kind of stuff, but I didn't develop it. That's my, one of my points. I, I was never good at faces. Like the nose always looked like a pig. <laughs> I could do an eye, but the nose always had, everybody looked like a pig. So I kind of just gave up with faces, but I have so much admiration for the street person who can just take a picture, you know, look at you and draw you out. And you're like, yeah, this is obviously mm -hmm. you, you know, or like realism tattoos. You're like, wow, that looks really good. That looks just like whoever, you know? Um, so anyway, so I'm grateful for my talent that I can, that I have, but I know I haven't really developed it over the years because I chose to do other things. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that, I guess that, yeah. I guess that's my answer. Yes, I definitely agree. You should, you should definitely be grateful for lots of things in life. Maybe that job that you think sucks. Yeah, well, guess what? There's a lot of professions out there, especially right now in COVID. They can't work. They don't choose to be on government assistant right now. They have no other option because of the field of work that they're in. Mm -hmm. But if you have a job, be grateful. Even if you're like, I don't like it. I don't like the hours. I don't like the people I work with. Okay, that's temporary. Gain some experience. Keep applying for jobs. You know, my dad always told me, never quit a job unless you have a job lined up. You know, you see people all the time, they quit their job. You're like, dude, you got rent tomorrow. Like, you know, you get the rent over the next three months. And in this job economy, and this economy right now, you may not be able to find a job that fast. Oh, I didn't think about that. Okay, well, good luck. I hope your savings is big because you're not, you know, if you don't find a job in six weeks, you're going to be really out of luck. You know, I, went, I covered too many things just now. And I hope I'm not just like being the old man. Here's some, you know, some no. advice from an old man. Well, but, um, definitely some good advice to think ahead. Don't quit a job until you have another one lined up. I mean, that's good advice for sure. I made I've made that mistake a few times in my life. <laughs> um, no, I learned that when I was in high school. You know, when you're making what, five bucks? I don't even know what minimum wage is now, but five bucks an hour. Man, five bucks, that's not much. You got a lot of you gotta work a lot to take a girl out on a date or pay for your car insurance yeah. for the whole month. You know, especially as a guy, it's so expensive. It's like you quit that job all of a sudden, you're like, uh oh, what am I gonna do now? And now I gotta I enjoyed the job I had. Now you gotta go backtrack and get some junk job you don't want, like washing dishes. Like Yeah. Maybe you were a cashier. Cashiers to me is better than a dishwasher. Maybe not everybody thinks that way, but I don't really want to be doing that all day. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I hate doing my own dishes. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you can ask the wife. <laughs> I'm actually so blessed. I found a job. Well, I just started uh, last Monday 
and um, I got a job in the middle of all of this COVID craziness. That's pretty impressive. I'm very, very fortunate. I did, you know, it was like a full-time job trying to get a new job, but Mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate. I'm so lucky. And I thank God, not just thank God, but I also acknowledge myself for working so hard to get this job. But yeah. um, How many, how many resumes did you have to fill out? Honestly, I didn't even count anymore. Like it it was probably a couple hundred. Like she lost count y'all. Yeah. It is so, oh, have you ever did LinkedIn job? No, I haven't done LinkedIn. Depending on, I don't know exactly what type of jobs they always have there, but it is so nice because all you have to do is hit easy apply. You know, your LinkedIn profile, if you build it out correctly, is your resume. Mm-hmm. And you can just click this button. But man, when you have to type in Justin Trosclair, da, 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 you're like, oh, if I have to put this one for the what, 200th time to not even get a phone call back. Sometimes, you know, you're just like, what am I doing? Have like 10 interviews in a day. And you're just like, if I have to sit through another interview. <laughs> what are y'all looking for? I am awesome. Just give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't even know. I'm so lucky actually, um, because this is like sort of off topic, but whatever. I have right now, like, you know, during the shutdowns, the schools are shut down and parents are kind of, uh, well, a lot of parents are really stressed out because they have to work and then do school with their kids. And so they're looking to hire nannies and teachers to help with taking care of their kids as like educational needs during the Mm -hmm. shutdown. So there's like um, a lot of jobs open up about that, like, tons of people reaching out to me because I've been in the childcare industry for about two years professionally. And, um, but so I got a family that needed help with that, but also they have a infant slash toddler in about nine months now. And so it's like short term, but then also long term, long enough, you know? And Mm so I'm super stoked about that because I got the job I wanted and yeah, God is great. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I know somebody, they hired her for six months. You know, it was like six months probational period. And two weeks before that period ends, they fired her. Thanks for your time. Wow. See ya. Thanks for all that hard work. And you thought you were going to have a job for long term. Nope. Got to look out there. It's like, that's the environment that some places have. Mm-hmm. Use you, spit you out, get the next one. Fresh new ideas. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But congratulations. You Thank got the you. job you wanted. Thank you. <laughs> Especially childcare. Whew. It's not it's, easy. It's not. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Childcare jobs. Um, they're, it's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like, you know, applying to like a big corporation. For sure. Yeah. You're not a big lots stocking a shelf. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm taking care of three kids. It's a lot of work, but it's good work. Mm-hmm. It's very rewarding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I love working with kids. That's why I've done it for so long. But um, I, I'm just wondering, what is one thing that everyone should be doing? 
like for either their spiritual health, their mental health, or their physical health? What is just one thing that everyone should be doing? A, a chiropractic adjustment. Yay. No. Okay. So seriously. Yes. I think that is very important. Um, golly. One thing that they should definitely, I'm going to go with health. Of course. Nobody eats right. So I'm not going to pretend that people want to change from eating French fries every day. Um, you gotta have a life, you gotta have a life reason to change that type of thing. So I'm gonna go, with, I'm gonna do a tie between exercise and sleep because sleep is our rejuvenation process. Everything gets rebuilt while you sleep. Now, some people only need quote five or six hours. Okay. I'm not saying you need 12 hours. I'm not saying you need eight hours, but if you've been around long enough, you kind of know how much sleep that you need and we don't get it. If you know you work better at seven hours and you, you always only get like four, it's going to catch up to you at some point. And if you did actually sleep that seven hours, you'd feel so much better, so much rested. There was a, what was her name? Huffington. You know, the Huff Post? Ariana. Yeah. She's yeah. got like a TED talk, I think. Maybe it's her talking about sleep or something like that. One of those. And you, you're like, wait a second, who? You are saying that, that? I was like, that's an amazing thing. So anyway, so sleep is super important. And then I don't care what kind of exercise that you're doing. I'm not saying you need to go out there and run a marathon or become the next CrossFit winner. I'm just saying if you like to go walk, oh, I like walking. Okay, go walk every day. Get your 30 minutes in. Enjoy a new neighborhood. You know, nobody said you can't just drive. 20 minutes down the street and then walk a new neighborhood because you're bored of yours. That's okay. Um, if you like kayaking, go kayak, make it a point to go kayak because you like it. So I guess it's, it's not a structured routine. You don't have to go to the boring gym and sit on a treadmill for an hour. I'm not saying that. So whatever you like doing, go out and do it more regularly, get up and move. A moving body is a healthy body. When your joint moves, it pumps out the bad, the muscles stay active and you just will end up feeling better. It stops depression and all these other things, you know what I mean? Like getting some sunlight for sure helps us with everything. But it's just movement is one of the best medicines that you can have so you don't have these other issues pop up. Um, you know, not to mention you can exercise and burn off calories and not get fat or make up for some of the extra sugar that you may have eaten so you don't catch, catch the diabetes later on. I air quoted if anybody's listening to this, you don't catch diabetes, you earn it. You earn diabetes from your diet. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's my two, two, even though you asked for one. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I love your points. I th think they're very valid. And I definitely, definitely agree that people should be, I don't, people get defensive when you say you should, or people should, but you know, just in general. So yeah, I don't, yeah. you should work out, but you really should be working out because what you don't use, you lose. <laughs> you really shouldn't be 250 pounds and five foot five. It's just not healthy. It's not healthy. I'm, I don't, I'm not body shaming anybody, but it is just not healthy. It's not healthy. You are cutting years off of your life and we're not supposed to talk about that. I'm glad you like your big booty. However, your organs are not excited about that. <laughs> so whatever. So anyway, there's, that's my two cents. I won't go on anymore, but that, 
but you get it. You said it and I agree with you. It's a health thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as sleep goes, oh my God, for this period in my life, I had to, I had to wake up at six in the morning for a few months so that I could get to work on like on time. And I just had this bad habit of going to bed at midnight. And I was just so, it was so bad because I have this like whole routine that I like to do before I go to bed. I got to wash my face, brush my teeth, floss, use my Clarisonic, like put on my oils and my, my, you know, my lotions and all of these, like roll my face out. And it's like this whole entire routine. And then it's like, so like, I'll stay up too late. (laughs) And then I, then I'll be like, okay, now it's time I should go to bed. Oh, but I have this whole routine. And then it's like, takes me until midnight or pass, you know? And it's just like, so like that was happening for a while. And I was like, when I would just sleep like 30 minutes longer, it was, oh oh my God, amazing. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it would be the difference between falling asleep in the middle of work or actually being able to keep my eyes open. And so like little, like time like that, like actually is so important so important it's discipline Mm -hmm. because that means like i don't know let's say it takes you 30 minutes to get ready for bed that means like oh it's 11 45 oh i really need to go to bed nope now it's gonna be 12 15 and i'm not gonna get the sleep i need whatever i was doing i should have cut it out at 11 so i can be in bed by 11 30 and it's hard to do because netflix is is set up to, to keep you streaming you know or we get caught up twinking on our web pages or doing whatever we're doing and we forget or we don't want to go to bed because this is fun i mean this zone yeah yeah oh yeah the zone boy if you get into that you gotta it's just (laughs) one o'clock it's only one o'clock in the morning tomorrow's gonna suck but the next night i'll do better and then if you're lucky oh no next night your buddies call you and you want to go out oh yeah let's go out okay (sighs) turns into a habit yeah yeah Yeah, no, I have a thing now. 9.30 p.m., I'm getting ready for bed. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually changed my life quite a bit. And it's nice because now in, after bed, I don't have to just like, you know, I actually like have time to like relax and maybe stretch or do some yoga or like pray if I feel like it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like rushing to just go to bed. So it's nice. Yeah. Hey, keep up that thing though with your face because when you're like 38 and you have, you're like, oh, look, I look so young. People will be like, oh, you look so young. You're like, yeah, this is effort every day. This is not just, you know, sunscreen. It's a whole thing that I've been doing for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, my dad is like 50 something now and he's been using cream like all his life. He's an anti-aging doctor and he, oh, people go, people go, Dr. Vu, you age backwards. And he's like, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> like, well, little do they know he's been using creams and all of these things. Well, they should know, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing is, it's one thing to know and one thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, me, um, let me plug in my computer. Like my house is set up funny. It's Germany. Sure. Sometimes you don't have a lot of plugs. So I'm going to cut off the light and plug in the computer so I don't die, okay? Okay. I know, so professional. So, um, have you ever had a patient who touched your heart and why? 
Ah, boy. You know, sometimes it's a weird thing, but you'll get somebody who came in who was like abused or something, like physically. And sometimes you'll get them to come. Just, I can think of this person in my head. She came in. You could tell something wasn't right. And you start asking questions and you find out like there was an event that happened. You don't have to dive into it. I'm a chiropractor. I don't need to know exactly what happened, but we can tell that something happened and you don't have to talk about it. But they have like, they were active and they're not now, but like they're at a point where they need to make a change and they want to make a change to get back to just doing something for themselves. And so let's say they have headaches from this issue. You know, they just kind of have that, like, oh, you don't want to compare it to a, a dog, but if you've ever seen a, a beaten dog that's like cowers in a corner, you're just like, wow, what's wrong with that dog? Like, you don't have to be so scared. And, and some people have that, that same sort of like, yeah. no, don't come too close, uh, you know, and, and whatever. So anyway, and then when they get better, after like two visits or three visits, you're like, you see the, the smile again. You see their shoulders drop. You see like a, a spark of confidence again a little bit. And that their head, you know, their headaches are starting to go away and everything. And then like you see them a little bit later or whatever, you follow up. And there's like a new person. They're out there doing some of the things they did before that incident. Um, you know, that, that makes me think, you know what, what I'm doing is matters. It actually does affect it. It's not just the guy that's at his computer all day at the office and his neck hurts. You know, we get a lot of those, but you get these types of cases and you just think, you know, I am making a difference. And, you know, some days not aren't as good as others and, and whatever, but, you know, you focus on those types of cases and you, you get through those times when you're just like, oh, I'm tired of doing this. It's very monotonous, you know, sometimes. And it pulls you out of that funk and gets you going again. And so there. Yeah, totally, totally. When, when it feels like we're, when you make a change in someone's life and you can see that change in them, it really does touch the heart. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for some people, it might be working on a soccer athlete that got injured and they said they'd never play again, and now they can play again. Okay, that's not really, you know, that's another story. That's <laughs> Sometimes you get those patients and those, those po more positive vibe ones where they're triumphant and they're back out there on the field. It's just, um, you know, when you have a, a recent case, that's kind of what's, that was what's on my heart the past couple of weeks was, you know, I can think of somebody that that happened to, so. It's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. I know, like, you know, in the in the field of helping people in general, and you, when you can see, I know personally that when I can see that the work that I've done really has made just a difference in this person's life. Like I, it really does make me so emotional, like that I cry and I'm like, my eyes are tearing just thinking about it because it's just so rewarding. And I really do feel like helping people has been, um, you know, my purpose in life, at mm -hmm. least right now, there's nothing right. There's nothing else I would want to do. Think about this. 
I could think of a job like, like a social media manager, okay, or, or a Google ad spin. You're, you're an expert at spending people's money to get more customers. I would think that's a job. After about a couple years, you can get really like, click this, I'm helping somebody make money, I'm pushing this, keyword research, da, da, da. You can really start feeling like my job is dumb. Uh, what am I doing in my life? I need bigger purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And kind of what we were talking about earlier, you got to switch that. And, I, and I'm not saying we all are going to go through that, but there's probably times when we feel that way. You got to switch that. Okay, what are you doing? Well, if it's me trying to sell my acupuncture book and I hire somebody to do that, you're literally putting food on my table. So you're helping somebody actually have a life. Because of what you're doing, maybe you're supporting 15 employees. That means 15 families can have food on the table and a roof over their head because you're doing your job right to make the sales and everybody's still employed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully that would, that'll take you out of that, that mentality of like, oh, what am I doing with my life? You're like, you're doing a lot. It's just you don't necessarily see the impact. You know, maybe that family was on the verge of bankruptcy and you were part of their last $3,000 that they had to spend on marketing. And if it didn't work, they were going to shut their doors. But you did a good job. So they were able to stay in business and support I really like that perspective their kids. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with someone that I love very dearly and he's almost 30 years old now and he had just had his birthday and he was telling me that he feels kind of depressed because he's almost 30 years old and he had some trouble with the law in the past and now he can't get his license or it's just been really hard and he just feels like he doesn't know his purpose is and he hasn't really made an impact and it really makes me so sad to hear those kinds of things coming from someone I really care about. And, you know, what I have to say for people like that is what, you know, try, try new things, figure out what you're passionate about, what excites you, what lights your heart on fire, because there is something out there. I believe that every single person was, is here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Try new things. Yeah. Try new things. See what you like. Because if you don't know what you like, like if you never try it, you'll never know if you like it. Um, Or you'll never know if you're good at it. Or like I said before, you'll never know how far you could go. So Mm -hmm. try new things. Yep. You think the Harry Potter lady knew what she was doing when she wrote that book? I think she just was like, I've got a great idea. I'm going to write me a book. Wow. It went turned into 600 pages. Okay, let's see if I can sell it. You know what I mean? She was just like, probably just some, I don't know. I don't know her story. Actually, I could be completely wrong. I think she was a mom. I don't know. But can you imagine? Hey, you're just a mom. Da, 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 da. I'm going to write a little book. Da, 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 da. I wrote a little book. I kind of like the book. Da, 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 da. Turns into Harry Potter. Freaking franchise. Universal Studios. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. All from one day she decided, let me like put these thoughts on down on a piece of paper. Like what? That's crazy. Yeah. And people do it all the time and their books do nothing. There's a lot of authors out there that sell nothing. Uh-huh. The great thing <laughs> is that she actually implemented her thoughts and put it into writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Some people have a number one seller on their first try and never do it again. What happened there? You know? So. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That is true. So I had a listener 
DM me wondering how to help with headaches or what do you recommend to help with headaches? And Such a loaded headaches are one of those. Um, it could be so many things. It could be migraines, clusters, tension, but I mean, a lot of people get tension headaches. Let's just pretend it's a tension headache. You know, it hurts around three o'clock in the afternoon. If you're working, a lot of it might be doing with um, office ergonomics. So, you know, is your computer screen at the right height? If it's too high or if it's too low, you're not going to have a, your neck's either going to be too high or too low all the time, causing muscles to overwork, right? Your chair might be too high or too low. And you should be having a nice 90 degrees at your knee and hip. If that's not the case, you might find that you're pushing your back into some kind of weird position and maybe get back pain from that or whatever. A lot of us lean over and play on the computer, you know? So if you're pushing all that pressure, again, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. You might have uh, numb fingers. So that could be actually coming from your neck, not like carpal tunnel, but you're just in a weird position all the time. Um, for those who are listening, I'm in like these weird positions. But like we just do silly things on our computer. Or as you can probably tell, I'm kind of leaning into the computer because my computer is a little bit farther back. So if I look like this, I'm very far away. And for some of us, we don't have good vision or we just get excited or really into our work and we like just keep leaning further and further into the computer. And that ends up making a lot of stress in our neck and it hurts. So um, that's an easy way to fix it. You know, you could, uh, you could alternate heat and ice. You know, some people feel better if they put warm on their muscles, makes them like, you know, relaxed. Some people prefer the cold where it kind of pumps out the fluid and kind of numbs you. So, you know, those little things are good stretching you know basic stretches are good a little bit of exercise um and like weights to actually strengthen between the shoulders you know those types of things so that at the end of the day we're not all hunched over um a big one though too your uh, cell phone a lot of us just hold it in our by our stomach and just always are looking down at our phone right so raise it up have your hand in front of your face and use your phone that way so you're not always looking down because mm -hmm. it puts so much stress. It stretches the muscles. You can actually lose the curve that's supposed to be in your neck from that. And then that ends up, you know, maybe 20 years from now, maybe you'll get more arthritis and then have a deeper problem. So I always tell my patients to bring their phone up and play with it up here, you know, more by your face. It doesn't have to be in front of your face, but just, you know, higher up. Um, <laughs> other than that, that's, that's probably the best without having like a full history, you know, vitamins and minerals or what else to do. I mean, obviously I like chiropractic. If you're having headaches, I definitely recommend visiting a, a, a trusted chiropractor. That's not going to recommend three months of care and, you know, three times a week for three or four months. Like that's crazy. You should be able to find a chiropractor that says, let's try for four or five visits and see how you do. If you're responding well, and you're done, you're done. If you need a few extra, do a few extra. Somebody that'll show you some stretches and exercises. That's the kind of chiropractor you want to find. It works really well. Cool. That's yeah. really good to know. Thank you for those tips. I'm sure that'll definitely help. And thank you, Sarah, for uh, submitting that question. I saw that having a a... I'm, I, I'm trying to think of like the opposite of detox a like 
you know, you know what I'm what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Uh, I don't do much with detox if that helps you. No. Oh, I saw that having like a over overworked or like stressed out like kidney can also lead to to headaches and or not kidney but just like over over toxins in your body um boy that's not really my bag i'm not really you know if you're talking to somebody and they're they get migraines for instance you could do a google search top 10 migraine triggers and that could be anything from red wine like uh, there's a chemical in red wine that can cause them chocolate has a chemical that can cause them eating a nitrites like hot dogs and things that's a chemical that for some people, if they eat that a lot, they'll get migraines. Um, and so they just eliminate that from their diet. And, ah, oh, I don't get migraines. Amazing. That's good to know. Yeah. Processed meats are typically a classic. Uh, it's one of the classics. Even cheese. Certain cheeses, people can react to cheeses and get a headache, a migraine type of thing from, a, from the types of cheese, from the aging process. So mm. it's a, Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So just do you have any final messages that you'd like to share with listeners? I, I don't think, I don't, mm, I don't think I do. I feel like most of the interview, hopefully I wasn't that, that um, offering too much unsolicited advice. Sometimes you know, you're 20. So I kind of was like, you know what? That it made me feel like share some advice that I've had. I'm only 37. I'll turn 38 next week. Woo! But um, I'm not I'm not that much older than you, but I am. You know what I mean? Like I can remember 20. I remember LSU. I remember all that time. And then when I look back at someone that's 20, I'm like, yeah, I'm not 20 anymore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when I see like clients that come in that are like 20, I'm like, oh, that's 20. Yeah. And I'll like share something with them. And I'm like, yeah, I'm old. Okay. All right. I didn't realize it, but I am, I'm older, but I have more, I have more experience. Right. So I was like, you know what? I don't know hundred percent your audience or anything like that, but I was like, let me just gear it towards like more advice that could be useful that I wish I would have known maybe when I was 20. And I think that's where I came from with this interview. So hopefully it'll resonate uh, with yourself and with your audience. Um, I don't, I, you know, even in the Minnesota, sometimes I'm like, I'm not trying to be preachy or condescending or I know better than you or anything like that. This is just an experience or what I've read. And I'd like to share that with you. That's, yeah. that's my heart. That's my heart today. Interview, And I really appreciate, you know, you coming on and sharing your, I, your, your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Cool. Sweet. So my last and final question, which is my signature question and I don't know if you remember, but it's, what does the universe mean to you? I'm, um, I'm a Christian. So mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, there's definitely like a God component to that answer. Um, but the universe, I think, is, it's just this, I'm not a karma person. I, I don't really, that's just not my bag. I don't really think of that way. But I think the universe, you, you put, you can still put stuff out there, right? But you still have to take action. And so I think like, like God will reward you for the action at times because so many of us just think about things and we don't do anything about it. 
you don't like your situation, but you don't make any actions to do it. You don't do it. And I think, so I think, I think sometimes that God just rewards you for, for the effort and not always, of course, but, you know, that's, that's, but I, I think that a lot of times um, I illustrate with a story. Sometimes when I was in my clinic, I just wasn't doing enough marketing and there's always a marketing component that needs to happen to get patients. And I'll catch myself like, Oh my gosh, it worked so well. We quit doing it, you know? <laughs> and so you just kind of get like used to it. So when I would start making that effort again, the phone would start randomly ringing old patients would be calling back that they need some help. And I'm like, what is this? What was that three weeks? You know, for the past three weeks, we didn't get a lot of these phone calls. Now all of a sudden I start implementing something completely different. And now the phone starts ringing and new patients start coming in and the thing I'm doing isn't even available to start working yet. Like we didn't hit send yet. We just started doing whatever, you know what I mean? We're, we're starting the process and somehow all this stuff starts happening. So I'm sure depending on, you know, someone's beliefs, they would call that, you know, whatever, you know, not a God thing, but I look at it and I'm like, wow, God's rewarding an effort. Um, so I guess that would be potentially, I guess that, that's a, that's, that would be my answer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love, no, I love the answer. And I think that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, do believe that when when you do something that is aligned with your life purpose and for the greater good that god the universe whatever force that it is that you believe in will help you get to wherever you want to go and you know when it, it is truly aligned with you yeah and so you know, that's, and that's one of the hardest questions. I was going to a really good church for a while before I left Colorado. And I don't really know the answer to this. Is people are like, well, why do bad things happen to good people? You know what I mean? You know, somebody got cancer or whatever. And I was like, you know, I don't really have a good answer for that. And and I still don't. And so that's, um, it's a hard thing to struggle with when somebody's like, well, I have been putting effort and this thing still happened. And it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, keep trying try different things don't give up don't lose faith don't lose hope um you know nobody said life was going to be easy unfortunately uh, i think sometimes we think that and uh sometimes you have to overcome some hurdles in life and, and persevere for a while and then things get better like a marriage is not always good I, I love the marriage i'm in now it's amazing but you know we've all been in relationships that were good and then they're not. And for a lot of time, you know, you definitely feel bad for like women when this happens. They get in a relationship around 23. Maybe they get married, maybe they don't. And then when they're like 30, it's over. And you know, they're like, oh, I was waiting to have kids, but I really like this person or whatever their, their ambitions are. And they put life on hold or whatever. And then it falls apart. And they're like, what happened to my 20s? Or what happened, you know what I mean? It's like, all of it is gone on someone that they probably should have never been with or, you know, something like that. I, I guess I'll, I guess sometimes I think I'm thinking in the negative, but you just see those stories sometimes. And it's just like, dang, they, they, they didn't see it on the wall. Like they finally had enough courage to leave this person or whatever. And they can't, they don't have that time back. They have the experience though. 
and what are they going to do with that experience? Not just a woman, but a guy too. Like, you know, you, you, you're in a bad marriage, you get out of it or whatever. And now, now what do you do with that? You're going to be bitter or are you going to learn from it, something from it? Maybe go see a counselor, fix what your issues are. And then in the next relationship, the next friendship, the next, whatever you do better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I love how, I, thank you for bringing that up. I believe and I agree that, you know, there isn't a concrete answer to why bad things happen to good people. But I do believe that when we are faced with challenging situations, whether that's dealing with a person or a personal issue, or it's just, you know, it's just something in our life, a good way to see it is to ask yourself, what can you learn from this? You know, yeah. how is this helping you grow? And when you think, about things from that perspective it can actually really help you move on yeah yeah i mean i lost my brother passed when i was he was 16 and i was 17 or something like that so that's like a you know it makes an impact on your life and you can you can easily go down a spiral with with an event like that um but i chose i made a choice to give it to god as they say and and just process that that loss and then kind of not let that be the defining moment in my life for positive or negative but i actually credit um i don't know i feel like i feel like i had people in my life and i and i had god in my life at the time and there was some spiritual people to really help guide me through that and come out better at the end of it so you know life's life's not always isn't always peaches you know there's not peaches and cream all day so, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well i'm so happy to hear that you came out the other side even stronger yeah. it's effort it's yeah. it's work i don't want to make it sound like it's just comes naturally or anything like that like a lot of things you have to work at and just like you said be content in the process you know bringing it back to the beginning you know enjoying the process or just embracing the process and being content with where you are but still having that, that energy and that, that drive to, to push forward. And you know, where I'm at is where I'm at, but that doesn't mean I have to be here forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Justin. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dr. Trust Claire. You can find all of Dr. Trust Claire's social links in the show notes for this episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and share it with your friends and family. I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate all of your support and thank you so much, so much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating. It helps a lot and I really, really appreciate it. Please consider sponsoring this podcast by donating a small monthly fee at www.dearlovelyuniverse.com support. You can find me at Dear Lovely Universe on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Friday.